0: I'm Ryan, the other guy's Jordan, and this is Two Angles on Angling.
1: everyone we are back (laughs) episode 11 already yeah we are the time is flying um and the fishing is getting hot exponentially day by day now and we've been out a lot well ryan's always out i've been out a lot more recently quality of uh, life
0: is much better (laughs) i can tell dude you're a lot happier dude yes
1: and uh Getting getting the lures pumped out for everyone, placing the orders now that spring's here. Um, doing that work and just grinding away, getting getting everything done and uh, catching a lot of big fish along the way.
0: Well, uh, tell me about your week, man. So uh,
1: my week was local based. I did not go uh, far. I went on Monday to the Lower River and then on Saturday to the Upper Niagara. So, um. Starting on, on Monday, it was, uh, another wild day for me down in the, down in the lower and...
0: place is magical, dude. What happened?
1: It, it truly is. <laughs> it, it's, there's no doubt about it. Oh, I'm sorry. That was on Sunday. I'm misleading you guys.
0: Which sorry. You? that That's the day where you got the, the lake trout? Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, Dane. All right. I had Come the on, dates man. reversed. I know, man. All right. Well... But I only got out once this week. Now that I think about Shailoh, it, yeah. I know, I know. I worked, I worked too much. Um, so on Saturday, I was on the upper river, and with my buddy Norm, and we trying to target some smallmouth, and we were getting frustrated in the first few spots. So then we decided, all right, we'll go go to one of our spots that we're always at. We have confidence catching fish at, and. I was doing, you know, dragging a swim bait, like techn- a technique that I'm always confident in. And I was just about to reel the bait and I was, I was like mad. I'm like, all right, we got to move or go shallow, do something. I don't know what's, what's happening. And as soon as I started doing that, something took off with it. And I'm like, all right, the, um, I was 99% posit- sure it was not a bass from the get go, <laughs> and so finally I start turning the boat around. So I'm facing it. And I said to Norm, I'm like, Oh boy, I feel teeth. And then another few seconds go by and I'm like, I feel a lot of teeth right now. So, um, I'm getting it. I'm, I'm trying to play it careful cause I was worried uh, about the teeth. And so it, get, it comes up and at first I'm like, what the hell is that? Cause the water was a little, little stained and he nets it, and I'm like, "That is the biggest walleye I've ever caught in my life." <laughs> like not lengthwise, but like weight wise, this thing was just an absolute tank, and that was that changed the whole entire momentum of the day. Yeah. From there, and although despite we caught him deep, um, I didn't feel like loading up on walleye when I couldn't keep him just yet. So. Um, We decided, let's go move in a little shallow, start power fishing. Just get our confidence, get a base back, like try and catch a fish and then work from there. See what, see what we can do smallmouth wise. Um, Nothing giant. We had a, the biggest of the day was a, my buddy caught a 4'4", so four and a quarter pound smallie. So decent, but not, you know, not a five or a six yet. Um, And then we kind of went on a little tear for a while. He was throwing a single swimmer. And then I was throwing a, a wiggle wart and he caught like four in a row. And then I started catching, catching a few, yet again, nothing crazy big. Um, and then we went back through a few times. they were eating a jerk bait. They And that's all we really what, threw what in there, but they would have eaten anything. That was honestly like, we were sitting in like seven foot. Yeah, so we're I, casting I, I, I up shallower. Yeah. yeah. Um, But with the crankbait, though, they were, and sometimes with the swimbait, but they were eating it, like, right below the boat. Like, if it was clear water, you probably could have seen them, like, march up Hmm. from underneath to hit it. It was crazy. Uh, And then we ended the day I caught a, uh, which was the hardest fight, if I'm being honest, uh, besides the walleye, was this silver bass I caught. Or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, white bass. White bass, white bass. Yeah, yeah and starting to get bro, the spawn he too. hit that jerk bait harder than like he hit it like a freight train i was yeah, so they're like, surprised. They're like stripers yeah. yeah yeah and uh i i went to and i was i set the hook and i went to go real and i loosened my drag all the way on my baitcaster <laughs> so he starts peeling line on me and i'm like what the hell is this and then i realized that i had loosened up the drag tightened it in got it in the boat and uh yeah, we caught about twenty bass total, and we were real like by the time we figured it out, we only fished for like two hours or so. So a pretty damn good day, and the rest of the week was spent on working and uh, doing lures up and stuff oh. like that. So I didn't get out much this week, sadly. Yeah. I thought that one was on Monday, but that was well, a as
0: I as I told you and texted you pictures of, you'd be uh, pleased to know that your lures are uh, are catching fish out there. I've, I've gotten. A few fish in the five pound class on your uh your nuds so far. I sent you one photo right? yeah. be, I I owe you a couple more. Um <clears throat> yeah, I fished every day except for Thursday this past week. Uh Monday I was on Ontario. Um got a couple kings but mostly lakers and it was it was pretty slow. It was a gorgeous day out there. Real flat, calm, cool cloud formations like it just I don't know, man. I I couldn't couldn't get bit consistently and when I did it was lake trout, which is I'm not I'm not knocking them like the my it was just me and the, what, one of my clients Steve and uh, he, he caught a monster. There was a, a really big one in the mix there. But a lot of just, you know, great hard fighting sized lake trout. And then a couple of small kings. Um, and then Tuesday, I fished Ontario. And Tuesday was crazy because that's when it snowed again. Yeah, um, It was like, you know, Monday night into Tuesday, it snowed. And uh, so we went out into Ontario right away. You know, launched from the fort, went out to Ontario. It was kind of slow. We could, I not kind of. It was very slow. We, I, I, we didn't get bit at all in the first hour, and, and I was marking a ton of fish, so I could not figure out what was going on. And the guys that came up were booked me to bass fish, but I convinced them like, hey, like let's spend a little time doing something different because we always bass fish every time you come up here, and I think I can make some something happen for you really quick. They wanted to catch some kings to eat, so. Like, man, you're just, not only are you going to like eating them, but the fight is insane. You know, so we tried for about an hour. It didn't work out. And so what I did was went in shallow and started driving live bait for them, Uh, you know, where the the river meets the lake and the bar there. Uh, We had, it was, there were like, because of that east wind that was blowing that day and the it was there were like three feet standing waves went you know at the edge of the bar where it goes from really deep to yeah. shallow there were yeah. huge waves there so you just had to brace yourself and go through it but if you got through it you were getting bit you know like it, and like the first drift we went through there um it was rough but my client like and i, and I told him i'm like look man when you get bit you're just going to think that you're snagged. Like, it's just going to stop. It's not like um you're going to think that you got caught on something. You know, like, it's not going to feel like, and then all of a sudden that something is going to take off. <clears throat> and so I'm like, don't worry about setting the hook. Like, it's just going to happen. Like, something's going to startle you and you're going to set the hook. And that's exactly what happened. Like, first drift, uh, this guy, Rick, uh, landed a nice king. That that was super exciting. He was completely wasted after that fight because you're like we're going through crazy waves and, but we got it in, and then uh, did another drift after that and the other guy hooked a really nice lake. We landed a really nice lake trout, and neither of those guys had ever caught any of those kinds of fish before, so they were stoked and they're like, they're like, well, we're kind of getting beat up out here. And you know these guys are in their sixties. You know they're like we're getting beat up out here. We got meat. We had an awesome uh, adventure. Like let's go bass fishing. Yeah, yeah. So then I took him bass fishing, and uh, we fished the upper, and they did really well. That's th- that one, that fish that I texted you. Yeah. Like that yeah. was one of those. That's the guy that caught the lake trout. Um, he caught that that five. So that was awesome. Um, Wednesday. Yeah, that was a big
1: one. I just pulled up a picture again. Yeah. That was a nice one. Yeah.
0: Wednesday, it was, uh, we had, that was the day that we had crazy rain. And I, once again, we got one of these east winds lately, man. We had east today, east yesterday. But anyway, uh, yeah, Wednesday was piss and rain overcast. Northeast winds blowing. You couldn't really drift much. Water color was pretty stained. Um, but we went out anyway uh, this guy, Tyler, that I've, I've fished with a couple of times and great angler. And I'm like, Hey, if I'm going to take somebody that's a good stick. We'll at least be able to make something happen. And he did, you know, we pulled the fish out of just about every spot that we went to and we definitely had to put in work for it, but he made it happen. It was a good day. Uh, so Thursday is the, the day that I rescheduled because that Lake Ontario got huge and, uh, it was big Northwest wind and, my clients really wanted to catch kings and just given how hard the the upper Niagara is to fish when there's a yeah. northwest wind it's like look man we're better off rescheduling so that's what we did and then uh Friday I fished the upper I don't know why but the bite was slow but I was experiencing what you what you were just talking about so I could if I stayed shallow fish could get caught, right? But as soon as I went deep, um, very little would happen. But when we did get bit deep, it was big, you know? Um, all the fish in shallow were like immatures or, or you know, schooled up males. Yeah, that's good. You know? yeah. um, but they were biting though. Like, so, you know, there are times where I'd, I'd work deep water and we, we got a, a couple pretty solid ones the the wife that was out that day she caught one that was just shy of five if not five but I didn't wait it was it was a huge fish and uh, I could pull it up okay. um where is that no it's that's like a fours mid fours a so nice one
1: though yeah beautiful fish oh great color on it too hold on
0: Yeah, this, oh, the audience does need to hear that, but that, that was on yeah. bait, but anyway. So it was, it was a solid, I mean, we, we made fish happen everywhere that we went, but it was, again, it was kind of slow and I was concerned. But there are troopers, you know, we had a good day. We tried, We had fun out of it and it was what it was. And yeah. we, had to, we called the day a little bit early. Then Saturday I fished Ontario and it was magical. It was absolutely magical. Lots of kings. We were just letting them go, you know. Like we we kept a couple, and just let everything else go. Lots of kings, lots of Lakers. They did, didn't matter. Like the the depth. I mean, I had a Laker eat uh, one of my diver, one of my uh, diving deep diving stick baits, which is maybe like fifteen feet down. I had a Laker eat that. Wow. So he was like up suspended high in the water yeah. column, chowling down on, and bait. Like I've that's never caught awesome. a laker up that high before, but that's freaking awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean I was using orange and green mm-hmm. it, like the fish were just, they were going nuts, man. It was, there was like one lull, but that was it. Yeah. And, uh, and then it just, you know, right when I was getting frustrated, when I'd start getting frustrated, like, man, why haven't I gotten bit? Then all of a sudden it would happen, you know? So it was good like that. Um, so that was Saturday. That was awesome. And then today, super sweet bass day. Uh, so I went out to Erie. And I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I hate being out on Erie when there's no wind. I'll just leave it at that. I just, like, there was a light east. And it was kind of drizzly. And there was just, you just weren't moving like a point two miles an hour. I'm like, I can't do this. So I, I went looking for wind. And uh didn't find it. um there was a little bit of a blow going in front of smokes, but not much like and I'm like, "You know what, screw this, So I went into the harbor, got into current, we caught fish there, caught some really nice ones there um and then that's that's a harbor fish, that's a harbor fish um, that's a harbor fish, wow, some, some donkeys in there, oh yeah, 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 doubt. So, yeah, that that it was good, but like the, we weren't catching a lot. But what we were catching was were, were those, yeah. you know, and then some smaller ones I didn't save the pictures of. Yeah. But uh, so that was good, but I didn't want to loiter in the spot, you know, forever and just keep doing the same yeah. drift over and over and over again, and especially because it wasn't on fire. Like so, then I dropped into the river, and uh, we we just pounded in the river the river was really good the river was really good i'm just going to leave it at well, that i'm glad to see it carry you, you and i can exchange detailed notes but i'm not advertising it to the to the broader <laughs> audience fun. about that's what fun. we were doing but uh it, the the river and and that that's what you know um that's what i'm getting excited about you know so if we, we look towards next week we're going to have like a kind of similar type of week that we yeah, just had, rain. except generally warmer, but, yeah. um, some rain, um, definitely n- warmer and consistent. Yeah. Rains. And not like the, the winds don't look super crazy. Like you can make stuff happen on just about every day, especially if you want to bass fish. Um, but even if you want to sneak in Ontario sessions, yeah. like I'm going to fish Ontario tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm fishing Ontario tomorrow and then pretty much all bassing from that point forward. Um, And you'll be able to find places, is my point. Like, if you want to go out and fish next week, you'll be able to find places. And I don't see anything in the forecast that's going to trash the water. You know, like, there's going to be maybe the rain. I think I saw it on... on, uh, uh, Wednesday night into Thursday or Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah. Um, that, that might Tuesday do, and Wednesday. Yeah, you know, that might you. do a little bit of damage. Yeah, it's Tuesday night into Wednesday, right? Yeah. yeah, that might do a little bit of damage, but that's it. You know, and, th- and I don't think it'll do that much damage. It, it might add some stain. The water is actually pretty damn clear right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, adding a little stain to it, I don't think it'd be hugely problematic. But I don't see like a lot of huge wave days out there. You know, so that's good. But that, that's, I think we're, and you alluded to this at the beginning, like we're finally, I've just been high anxiety for a while. You know, like that, that like when is the spring bite going to really start kicking in? Yeah. And uh, I'm at ease now. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure.
1: And same with like the, the finger lakes and everything too. And like I was catching them even when it, like yeah, a few weeks ago still when it wasn't, um, but I have a tournament on Chautauqua on Saturday, um, nice. with the, we're doing it like, like I think we talked about on the one podcast with the catch weight or well, catch measure release system. Nice. And if we haven't talked about it on the podcast, um, well, we have the talked tournament, about it before. Man. Yeah. So uh, let me take a sip of water real quick. So I'm unsure how many boats there are, but, uh, the tournament's getting run through an app, I believe it's called Fish Donkey. So, say there's ten boats. Um, the draw for like how they send us out is at random, and you each get a designated boat number. So you have to have it written on a piece of paper, written on your hand, or something. And in every photo, you have to have the fish on the, um, the board to see like the total overall length. And then also your boat number has to be in the picture so that they know that it's obviously from that day and all of that. And, um, so it, you send in the photos and in the app, you type in the weight and throughout it, the app calls your, to your best five fish. So if you catch 20 fish, it's going to take the best five out of all of that. So it's super cool. So it's like you're doing a regular tournament and you're still calling fish and everything. Um, but obviously we can't keep them yet. So that'll be a cool experience, a way different way of running a tournament than I've participated in before, but I think it'll be super cool. Yeah, that's
0: an awesome way
1: to run Yeah, a and, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, and we'll see, because uh, we're going to want to take p- pictures with the nice fish, obviously. So right. it's going to make you stop and analyze the situation a little bit because you're going to have a minute. Caught the fish, all right, take a picture, release it. And then you're gonna be like, okay, hot, what happened there? And then start to put it together. So I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, I haven't fished taco in a while. Um historically though, like I've I've had very very good days on there. Um so I'm excited to see what happens. It'll be cool to get, get out onto a, a largemouth body again because 'cause it's been a
0: I've seen, a seen few some weeks donkey smallmouth get pulled Yeah, out, there so are. There's
1: cool. a lot of smallmouth in there as well. So uh, I'm excited to see. I don't I've know like. I've never fished
0: it. And I've tried it for muskies once and didn't get one, but yeah, I've, I've never really fished it.
1: I, I'm not entirely sure how. I don't know what le- a good overall length is for these tournaments. I haven't ever really looked into it. But if you were to equate it to weight, I know that there is going to be some very big bags. Yeah. You know, quote unquote, weighed in. Um. So very ex- excited for that. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of moving baits. And depending on weather, I haven't really scoped out the weather. But um, a lot of moving baits, or if not, jigs and, like, wacky rigs and stuff, you know, seem to always get bit regardless. So, see what happens, and then, obviously, we'll have the episode next Sunday, and I'll get to talk about that. And as for that day, my kind of plan is up in the air. I want to fish locally, though, because, obviously, everything's starting to pop off, so there's no... No sense on keeping traveling to the Finger Lakes where you can catch, you can go there all summer and catch them and catch big ones, versus you know the Upper River like the, you know yeah. like we like we've said there's a shorter window to consist at least to consistently catch the big ones like yeah you'll you you can catch like fours and fives and you know the occasional six in the Upper like in the summer but that's like a rare instance you yeah. know, it's not it's not the common trend
0: so like. Yeah, you, you bring up uh, a great point that, I, that I've that i been thinking about a lot lately, because my buddy Mike and I talk every day, and my buddy Paul as well, we kind of give each other reports, and we all have our individual preferences, but what I was saying to Mike the other day is, uh, like, he, he was talking about going down to the Erie, and I'm like, look, man, I'm don't get me wrong, like, there's monsters to be caught out on Erie, but the, the, the when bass get into the upper Niagara, it's a very small window, you know, like, they're not there for very long. Sure, there's a resident population that you can catch throughout the summer, you know, but I, I don't know how big that population is. I, I would love to know, that's a whole separate conversation, but I don't know. I'm not saying that bass can't get caught throughout the summer in the upper. I've caught them all throughout the summer in the upper, but it slows way down. Oh yeah, uh, the you know af- the after goes way after after uh, post spawn. So basically, by mid July, it slows way down. Like mid July at the latest, slows way down. Um, we'll see what happens this year, but after that, like it, it's just not fun to fish the river anymore. Yeah, and there's a lot of
1: factors in that like in that July time frame like you can't make a cast without falling into some floating weeds. Yeah, plus plus recreational boaters at a peak so you're getting like 1 foot waves plus from the from the yachts going by so it's yeah, not and, always So
0: going. the reason why I'm bringing that up is because it, that I could be out on Erie hunting hunting donkeys. Yeah. But I don't, like, that's what I'm going to do from late July until December. Yeah, You know, like, that. so there's only, a, like, I, I want to fish the river because it's awesome and there's, it's just fleeting. You know, like, I know I can go out to Erie for the rest of the year. Yeah. And sure, like, you could tr- try to get, tell me, or somebody can make the point that if you're going to break the state record, it can be, it's probably easiest bro- to be broken in the spring. And probably, I mean, if it's a pregnant female, right? Like that's, that's the assumption there, that what's going to break the record is a pregnant female. And uh, I'd say this though, man, like a pregnant female, she's bloated up with eggs. So that, that, that absolutely is going to contribute to weight, right? But that's still, it's fluid. It's, it's most, it, it's, a lot of it's hollow. I'm saying that if you keep hunting deep into the fall and you catch something that's yeah. over eight, like that's a monster, you know, like that's a real, cause that, that female after she sheds all those eggs and I'm not, dude, don't get me wrong. man. if somebody catches an eight, five, like upper eights, this, I will not knock that fish. Yeah, it deserves sure. to be in the record books. That's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying, saying is, solid is, ass weight. Yeah, yeah, like what I'm saying is, is that if I go in the fall, it's like perch are the same thing. Like people are crazy about perch right now. Yeah. They like, go, go, you know, try to box out on perch. But if you fillet a perch now, and again, I'm not knocking it, go do it. If you enjoy it, go do it. Uh, have a good yeah. time. But if you fillet a perch right now, she's, the females have like a fist size full of eggs in them and a very narrow strip of meat. And the reason why that meat is a narrow strip is because most of the calories that that fish is eating is going to, to the sustainability of those eggs, you know? And the their, their males are starting to gain weight, but you gotta think like all winter long, they've just been kind of hunkering near the bottom, probably eating chronomids and occasional gobies and whatever, like just picking away and, and living, like just barely surviving. You know, and now they're starting to try to pack weight on. If you want to catch walleyes and perch or any fish, like, for their meat, uh, like our native fish, the latest that, that you can catch them in the year, the better. And the colder the water, like, that's what, like, if you can catch perch in December, or, like, late November, December, catch walleyes late November and December, those are thick, muscular Lots of meat, like they've gained all this weight, like they're fat for the summertime or for the wintertime. Mm-hmm. You know, the bass, now I'm not keeping those, but it's the same thing with a bass. If you catch yeah. an upper sevens or an eight bass, imagine that bass pregnant in the spring. Like it would be even bigger. But like, just think of how solid of a fish that is. Mm-hmm. It just, it's a different fight. It's a totally different animal. You know, like this time of year, they, they fight real hard, but they're slobs. You know, like it's like, and don't get me—it's a pregnant female. You know, like it's a pregnant female. Like what she she's carrying a bunch of yeah uh, of extra weight out. nonstop right to, yeah you know so it, it it but it's awesome though like it, when you catch them in current it's just awesome yeah. you know they're they behave like a totally different creature when they're running in the river like that they're, it's just but and and here's this here's the thing like sure. You can have river days where you catch a lot of fish. Like I've broken ninety in the river before. Um, but that's not what happens most of the time. I and mean, you gotta you gotta be good sticks. But you've just you've gotta be good to fish the river. Like you gotta be able to stay out of snags. Now don't, you know, if you're if you get into this like mid forties where any Joe Schmo can just cast a crankbait out there and retrieve it when they're slamming cranks, okay, that that's not going to take a ton of skill. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But it's not that doesn't take a ton of skill. But to get into a lot of these places and really pick apart the water, water well to get like huge numbers, you got to be good. You know, like you got to be able to stay out of snags, play off of rocks. I mean, that that takes skill, it takes a lot of practice. And that's why I understand why Guys don't like to fish the river all that often. They'd rather go to the lake. It's a far sim- far simpler program, you know. And but to my earlier point, I'm going to be doing it, like all summer, all fall, you know. Yeah. So it it can wait, you know. It it can wait. I'm not I'm not chasing records. I'm chasing experiences, you know. And and I'd like to kind of cut my year up as often as possible, doing different stuff, so I don't get get bored. Doing the same thing, cause I, I gotta be entertained too. It's just just like yeah. if if I was in a tournament circuit strictly focused on one body of water, I couldn't do it. You know, maybe if I was only if I only fished w- once a week or something like that, I guess. But if I was a professional, like and fished all the time, oh yeah, for sure. I I'd want to be bouncing around to 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 different fisheries if if I could. So, so you just brought up something. And it kind of segues
1: into the one topic that we wanted to touch on today, yeah. Which was, how, how did you phrase it exactly? Like materialism chasing, versus I'm, ch- I'm
0: chasing experiences, but yeah, experiences versus materialism. Yeah, yep, that's well.
1: exactly what you said earlier. So, um, I don't. It, it was your idea, so if you want to start on the topic and then I'll kind of filter in as we can. Yeah.
0: I mean, like we, we talked about it from, uh, I wrote a blog about it years ago and uh, cause I had, I had uh, clients. This is I think 2017 it was a husband and wife. And then they came back the following year and uh, brought their son and their grandson. And uh, so their son's son. And I I had them fishing for two days and, uh, you know, they said that after the first time here, they realized that a better gift for their son would be a vacation instead of like buying him a present. We'd rather him have a good time and memories to look back on. You know, and I've always like, that's been in my head intuitively, but I've never had a client say that to me before. You know, and so, yeah, then I ended up, uh, you know, back then I had more time on my hand. I wasn't booked every single day, so I I, I, I blogged about it. I, I wrote this this thing, experiences versus materialism, what's your thing? You know, I think most people who book fishing trips, they have some, uh, you know, either some adventurous spirit that they want to get outside and try something new, or they're already on vacation and they want to yeah. do something, like, kind of like what I do. Yeah. Um, although I I, I fish, I, I vacation for the express purposes to fish. But a lot of people that come here come here to visit Niagara Falls or mm-hmm. something, and, and you know, and they they want to do they want to fish too while they're here. So they'll they'll look. And yeah, obviously, trip. you're getting the best of both worlds. If you're traveling to fish, you're going to see amazing stuff. If you're traveling to see amazing stuff, and you can go right. fishing, you know exactly. Yeah. So it, that's uh, that. I, I've realized that I'm in the. At least this is my perspective, Ryan Shea's perspective. I'm in the business of creating experiences for people, you know, like for creating memories. That's, yeah. that's what I do for a living. Um, and, you know, it's part of your personality as a, a guide or a captain. And then it's part of, you know, being able to describe what's going on around you. And, and it's also just developing a relationship with the people that you're fishing with. Cause the, 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 Interesting thing about being a guide is uh, it's the only job that I've ever been able to think of that. Uh, and I've thought about this a lot. And If anybody listening to this has something, just reach out and give me a counterpoint. But it's the only job that I can think of where you pick up two complete strangers. You pick up, you know, a group of complete strangers in the morning and you spend straight hours, eight yeah. straight hours with them in a floating you know, in a box, like yeah. that they can't leave. You know, like you're out in the lake or so, it's not like you can just jump in and like walk away. Yeah. You know, like so you're, you're there. Invested, yeah, for the you, day, you're yeah. there connected to strangers for eight hours, right? Seven or eight hours. So I can't think of any other job that's like that other than in the guiding world. Um, and so you have to develop relationships with people, which suits me well because I don't like large groups. I like, you know, yeah. but anyway. So I I wrote about this and it got me wondering like and in in especially I thought about this a lot during COVID, um, you know people. I thought would learn that getting outside and taking part in nature and uh, or at least experiencing the natural world, is like a deeply therapeutic thing and it, and there was like it was all the rage for a little bit at the beginning of COVID. And then we just turned to fighting each other again. <laughs> and, uh, and then people went back to like buying stuff, you know, like uh, getting on Amazon, buying, you know, any number of things just because you felt good to buy something, you know. And I'm, I just, I'm, I, I don't know, it, it's, it's always been mind blowing to me that when the, people don't evaluate how they spend their time and their resources, um, and to to what end? Maybe it's just because I'm a veteran and I've you know, I've been in combat and I I I have a different appreciation for for life. I've seen death a lot, so maybe that's why it is. But I think I've always been like this. I don't know. Maybe it just made it. It cemented it. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, the, People just don't understand that, like, the stuff that you buy and the money that you make, you can't, you could die any day, right? So, like, what are you going to do with it? You know, I mean, if your thing is to sit and melt in a couch and have a huge house and, you know, all of the finest things and, you know, okay. But, like, what is that really doing for you? Like, that's what I've, I've asked myself. Because I, I could, you know, where I live, man, I mean, I could have a, a big house, I guess, if I wanted to. and have fancy trucks or, you know, it's no man, it, my budget, my time and my effort goes towards seeing new stuff. And I have just thousands and thousands of memories of places that I've been and all I really need. And you see how simple it is, yeah, know. you know, go to my closet. I like, I can pack all my stuff out and it like, I could be packed in, in, you know, not even an hour and ready to roll, you know? so and so that i've just geared my life towards that i've I've wondered you know i i'm trying to think of reasons of why you would not live that way so so so
1: to touch on uh that overall um and one of the specifics that you you mentioned uh i'm definitely starting to lean that way and uh, like your your thought process on all of it um I have bills to pay. I I make the money to pay the yep. bills a little bit more at the moment, not much, but I'm, almost all my other time is doing, like, to me, cool shit that I want to be doing, not because I have to be working. Like, I fished a lot already this year, you know, my trip down to Virginia, like, doing all this, like, walking streams, all of this cool stuff is because I'm valuing the time more than, you know, the the money, which I know I need the money to pay the bills and stuff, but, like, I'm, I'm trying to buy less shit, you know, like, um, so also like that, that ties into like the uh, clothing aspect that you mentioned. Um, so as you and I have talked about off the podcast, like back in the winter time on like November, I decided to do a challenge, 35 pieces of clothing for 30 days. So I did it really like, stuck to it very strictly it ended up being almost two months and i was just like really grooving on it i was like this is amazing like there's nothing nothing to fucking think about oh pardon my french there's nothing to think about just go look and put it on like it all matches perfect all right simple keep it simple free your time up your mind up to do other things and then i knew that i was going to have to do it again in the summer because my clothing is going to be completely different you know for uh fishing and just in general what i'm going to be wearing uh so I started it up again today and I'm doing it again for the next 30 days. Well, to make it a little more difficult for me, I decided that I'm going to do the a, a similar thing with my fishing tackle.
0: There you go, buddy.
1: I know. So that inspired me from the from that tackle box episode that we talked about. So, instead of having a you know, 15 different setups rod and rods and reels for all the different techniques I I love throwing I'm going to pare it down I know I know you're 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 giggling now but (laughs) um pare it down to like seven setups for me because you know like it's for me because I do regardless man like I know I, mean, I got, probably want, could get away with throwing a few, uh, yeah, way so, less things, but yeah, but we we've, but,
0: we've, we've beat that to dead horse. Yes, there's, but. there's ways that you want to fish tons, yes. times. So, I, I yeah,
1: so yeah, I just I I love the technique aspect. Yeah. Of it, but I don't need it as much. And then even with the specific lures, um, I'm going to try and really hone down to like, like just those seven techniques. Or well, it's only it's probably more like five techniques. I just have all the rods for like different you know depths of a crankbait or something like that. You know. So, and I'm, I'm going to be strict about it for the, for the 30 days as much as I can. Obviously, if something drastic happens and I'm going to be going somewhere and doing something specific, then yeah, it's going to change a little bit. But like you said uh, on that episode, like kind of just in the situation, pick up or use what you have to for that, you know, specific task. Um, But I'm excited to see because The thought that's been in my head a lot lately is, and yeah, to a certain extent I have an answer, but how much of what tackle am I actually using, and on top of that, am I actually enjoying using? Right. Because I know, like, the rods that you use, the TFO rods man and you saw like as the second you handed that rod and reel setup to me for when we were fishing the lower i was like this is this is superb this is like light it's agile it was amazing and <clears throat> i like a lot of people got sucked in and i bought because in bass fishing especially they have you like there's four or five levels of like gear that you can go through and a rod you can go get a 40 dollar rod you can go get the $100 rod, you can go get a $150 rod, you can get a $200 rod, 300, all that. And I fell in the trap of well, I'm just going to get a bunch of the really low-end rods, so I have a bunch of them. Yeah. So I can throw different stuff. And then I kept upgrading and now like I'm at, you know, just over the $100 range up to 200 and most of my, you know, and a lot of my rods and I'm finding that some of them I really don't like. Like they the way they're balanced, the way the real seat is and all that. And then I'm finding the rods that I absolutely love. So I'm trying to get it, separate everything out and get to the rods that I really love and, and I'm comfortable using. I can fight fish effectively with them and also do that with the lures as well. Because I know over the last five years, like, yes, yeah, like... For largemouth, I'm throwing a chatterbait a lot of times. For smallmouth, I'm throwing the rig or a tube a lot. So, And I know what colors I like in those. So, like, there I know pretty specific. But what about the other dozen boxes that I have where I only no. throw certain things? So, I'm going to try, especially for this 30 days, to keep that in mind and keep note of it. And then that will be consciously on my mind throughout the whole entirety of the rest of the fishing yeah, season for me, and I can cut it way down.
0: You're going to find that, uh, keeping this, uh, everything that you're saying is, because if you think about all the, the podcasts that we've done to date, we, we keep coming back to, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing at all, but we keep coming back to the similar themes, like the simplicity theme, you know, uh, the technique preference theme, your, your like how, how your personality plays into how you engage with the outdoors, all, all that stuff. And, and I, I think when you when you don't get into this type of activity, you know uh, or it, it doesn't even have to be uh, fishing or hunting like I don't care if it, if it involves hiking or visiting all mm-hmm. the national parks or whatever it is, Um, just it's something getting you outside and away from your house. Then you start to realize that like the more time you spend away from your house and away from your comfort zone, you start to realize that you don't need to have a bunch of stuff. You know, like if you remain mobile, you live simply intuitively, like, cause you can't, you don't want to carry around a bunch of shit, you know? So it's it's just a, a way it's a pattern of life mm-hmm. right and cuz like if, like if you think about like the way that i think about my house is this like i've lived in 20 foot shipping containers i've lived in mud huts like i don't i don't like all i need is like a little bit and I need is a bold statement but i just need climate control running water and plumbing you know so if that's there i'm good if the neighbor ideally because i have a family i don't want the neighborhood to be crime-ridden, right? So, I, you know, because I, I'm a veteran, I, I have some extra money, I've spent time in the Marine Corps, okay, I'm not living in crime-ridden areas, right? But I'm not living in a high-end area either, man. I'm living in a blue-collar neighborhood, I keep it simple. I could be driving fancy trucks, why? I don't need a tool like that, I'm driving it strictly to tow my boat, you know? Like, my wife doesn't need a fancy car, she's using it to drive back and forth to work. We don't go on road trips if, if we fly places, you know, so if I was going to do road trips, I would rent a really nice car that I'm yeah. going to spend time in for a little while. You know, when I'm in my house, a huge percentage of it is spent with my eyes closed sleeping. So it makes sense to have a good mattress, I guess, right? Yeah. I don't know what percentage of it, but it's high, yeah. you know, and then the rest of it is either spent eating at the dinner table and staring at an illuminated rectangle on the wall, or one in my hand, you know. So, like, I don't need all that. Like, yeah. And and I know that like where my budget's gonna go is so I can travel, you know. And so that's that's how like all of that's connected to to the simplicity thing, you know. To to really uh, like throw a, you know, jab at you on the, the simplicity piece, like, I mentioned this to you before we started this, but, like, all of these fish that I showed you on here, like, all of these bass, they were all caught on a white Mr. Twister with a quarter ounce head, you know, like, that's it, dude, like, there's, that's it, man, like, Mr. Twister brand, like, a, a, uh, was, it's like a Three-and-a-half-inch paddle tail grub. Grub, yeah. That's it. That's it, man. Yeah, that's... Yeah. it's and, and that's the... that it is
1: the one thing, like... Uh, and I believe I brought it up... That I super admire about the guiding business and captains. Because... And, like, the, the one guy that we've gotten up at Thousand Islands, Randy Yeager, he... Oh like it pretty much exclusively was throwing a wacky rig for smallmouth, and we were slaying them and then, like as the years went on, and I started like developing more tactics, I was throwing more tactics, and there were the times I was catching them when we weren't on the wacky rig, but then still, my dad and brother would be whooping my ass, still throwing the simple wacky rig while I'm trying all these different things, yeah, and you know I'm a tinkerer, so I was okay with it but yeah the the simplicity of it, like not only. A. Are you not spending a a lot of money on lures because it's so simple? You're keeping it to like a narrow field.
0: Yeah.
1: Your confidence in those are gonna skyrocket because you're throwing them all the time. So you're gonna you know that you're gonna have confidence to catch fish in all these situations on a, a small yeah, handful you, you, of lures. Here,
0: here's the the biggest thing that you're uh, that you're not um, that you're not grabbing though is that. It, I'm not the one fishing, so. Uh, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. So when, when, when the the reason why I pick, um, like I pick the classic, uh, you know, th- like the river, uh, I I find that a three eighth ounce head is it's heavy. But it's good. Like, there's days where the flows are moving, and, and and I'm I'm get- the reason why I like a three eighth ounce head is because it's heavy enough such that clients can hit the bottom, like they'll get bottom with it for sure. If you're playing with like one-sixth, one-fifth ounce net heads, um, I can get bottom. I can fish the hell out of that in really fast current too, but they can't. They don't understand the techniques. People are coming, like a lot of them fresh out the box. Some people are pretty good anglers anyway. Other guys have fished with me so often that I've turned them into good anglers, and that one technique, right? So they can, I can teach that quickly. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I can
0: teach it quickly and like, but there's a balance there, right? So if, if I taught some, let's say I have to teach somebody how to cast, Mm -hmm. that's going to like, I'm not going to fish the river with that person. Yeah. Right. Like Uh, if they're at that level, then I'm going to tell them to book in the summertime and we'll drag bait for drum and bass and we'll like, I'll keep it simple, like build up confidence from there. There's certain times a year where I'm not going to take people out with very little experience, unless I take them trolling out Mm -hmm. in Ontario. Um, But, like, the river program is for people with at least the baseline enough skill to be able to cast, Mm -hmm. right? So, if you can cast, I'll fish the river with you. Now, if I wanted to keep it real simple, I could teach, I could have just, I could tie on a crankbait, like a DT-10, something that gets down 10 feet that'll just dig through the gravel and all Mm -hmm. the the drifts that we do and uh just have them cast it out and retrieve it the problem with that though is that every most days that's not going to slay yeah like they'll catch fish but they're not going to catch a lot you know now if I put a jig in their hand and I teach them how to retrieve it they're going to catch way more fish if they do it right and uh the downfall of that, though, is that there's going to be a steeper learning curve mm-hmm. because they ha- I, I have to teach them how to stay out of snags. Yeah. You know, because you will get snagged. Like, if you're not, if your timing is off, you're going to get snagged. Mm-hmm. So, you got to be, especially with a three-eighth-ounce head. Yeah. You know, so if, if I see that they're getting it, then I'll have them back off and I'll start using lighter weights. But... Three-eighths ounce, I'll just hit the bottom once and then just start working it back to you. You know, and and they'll catch fish. They'll catch a lot of fish doing that. And then at some point in the day I'll graduate them to a Ned But the point there is it's simple. I can teach to it because I'm good at it from doing it for thousands of days. And it's uh, it's somewhere that I know that there is some technique. So they're learning something like they, you know, they're going to get frustrated when they fail. Yeah. They're going to pick themselves. So they're going to be challenged. You know, it's just not as simple as just dragging stuff yeah. around, you know, it's because I like, like, if you're, if you come and you want to fish the river with me and like you want to up your game, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah. If you're a good angler, then you're just going to freaking clean house in the river. <laughs> like you're going to do really well. But if you're, you know, budding and you want to learn a new technique, like that's I'll I'll take you out and I'll teach you and that's why I stick with with things that simple because it's super effective all the time. If there's a hot crankbait bite, doesn't matter. You can still throw in a, a white grub and yeah. you'll catch at the same if not the higher rate. You know, I don't care what the bite scene is. You could use it in the summer, you could use it in the spring, you could use it post spawn. You could do it any time, and if you fish the river, it'll catch fish all the time. So
1: that also ties into the one thing that we wanted to talk about, and what we'll, we can wrap up the show here with us is fishing a Ned rig. Yeah. So uh, how you fish a Ned rig and the setup that you use for a Ned rig is quite different than how I fish it and the setup that I use. So uh, you kind of already touched upon it. So if you wanna like break it down, like exactly what you're doing, the head, the bait, and then like the, yeah, the yeah, rod yeah. and all that good stuff. All too. right, so
0: I, this isn't uh how much were we at? We're at 50, oh, so we're. Man, it's, this is not short, I'll, I'll do it quick. So f- five years ago, Jim Hanley sent me two dudes. They wanted to fish the river these dudes were tournament anglers, like senior circuit tournament anglers from New Jersey. They they were good. They brought all their own shit. They were fishing neds in the upper. They destroyed. They absolutely destroyed. And at the end of the day, he let me use his rod, taught me how to like what he was doing. I was watching it all day. I didn't yeah. have to be taught. I just, he's like, hand me the rod. So I caught fish right away. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I want to teach people how to do this. Okay. So... The Ned is not required for what I'm explaining. The Ned was not even created to do or fish it the way that I fish it. Neds in general are are super effective in moving water, but that's not what they were invented to do. They are invented as a tiny finesse bait that you could work still water with. You know, like That's why we use the heaviest Ned heads here. Yeah. You know, like most people, when they think about a fifth ounce head, they're like, that's huge. No, man, that's like barely big enough.
1: Yeah, that's 316s roughly. Yeah, yeah. like,
0: so the way that I fish it is the same way that you would fish a tube. Um, I, and the reason why I stick with the nuds though, is because um, they they just don't get snagged as easily.
1: A- and if I, they definitely transmit feel far better than a tube. So yeah, like, yeah. your clients like touching bottom yep. and stuff. But, but
0: basically like all of any time that I fish the river, I swing, I, I have clients swing baits. So it's, you cover I me. Mean, if you were to do the math, you probably cover the water uh, 25% more thoroughly if you swing baits, because if you slow yourself down in the current, you know, 25% of the current speed, and you swing baits through the water column over and over again, you're, you're canvassing mm-hmm. an area more thoroughly. Yeah. Right? And that's what people don't understand when it comes to fishing the river. And, and the, I'm sure there's lots of rivers that are like this, like the Missouri or whatever. But, like, um, if you're fishing deep, fast-moving water, like, it's, it's a volume game, and you've got to cover it. Like, the fish aren't just sitting on a spot. They're in a wide zone and you've got to be able to present baits through that wide zone and cover all of it as effectively as you can. So if you can slow down in the current and swing baits through, then you're, you're canvassing the area more thoroughly. You're getting more volumes of casts through there. So I teach people cast upstream 45 degrees, depending on the wind or whatever. I usually tell them is as soon as that thing hits the water, flick out some extra line, close your bail, jam your rod tip in the water, I use uh, crimson red uh, power pro mm-hmm. so it's high biz yeah jam your rod tip in the water so you can see your line and just wait and as soon as your line gets totally straight you're in you're in contact with the bottom wait for the first bump pop 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 pick up your slack and like most of the time when I'm fishing, I'm holding the rod in my my opposite so I, I hold the rod in my right hand hmm Um, and reel with my left, obviously. So most of the time when I'm, when I'm swinging, I, my left hand is behind me. I'm not even, it's not touching anything. It's just my right hand holding the rod, dancing it off of rocks. And then when I start getting too much slack, I just spin the reel real fast, pick up that slack and keep my rod behind me. But I'm just dancing it and swinging it off of rocks as it goes downstream. Your timing has got to be good, but if you keep your rod tip up, like, I can do it from a bunch of different angles, but when I'm teaching people to do it, I actually prefer having my rod tip pointed down at the water. But the other thing that I do is I, I always have my index finger extended up along the rod. Cause I, I, if I'm fishing it tight on a swing and you felt those rods, like my, the rods yeah. that I use, and, and that's the thing with, with the, the Ned fishing is it's not just the Ned. I was explain this to, uh, to Bill Hiltz, a while ago, and I had him out, and we, I was teaching him this as well. That it's the whole system, yeah. The rod's got to be really light and very fast, super sensitive. The reel's got to be very light, good pickup ratio. It's got to be braid and it's FG Dufloro, you know, so it's a super tight system. So you can feel everything, you can feel every single tick. Because a lot of times, when the bass eats, and when you're swinging. They pick it up and just start swimming with it. You might not even feel it. You know, like a lot of times, it just suddenly you'll be tight. It doesn't take much of a hook set, just tiny hook. Yeah. So you could totally do that with a tube. You could totally do that with a, the same... And this is what I'm doing with White Mr. Twisters right now. I do the same thing with nuds. They're just... In the summertime... I feel like they eat that Ned better than they eat a white Mr. Twister in the summer. I think that they become wholly keyed in on gobies and crayfish, and they just want that profile. And that thing stays out of snags so much better than a white Mr. Twister. But there's also days in the summer where I've had one client casting a Ned and another client casting a swim bait or you know a four-inch grub and both of them are catching at the same rate you know so i'm not fully convinced that that grub won't work all summer long but uh i mean hell man all last winter when i was fishing myers late fall through winter that's all i used i just was a a four inch grub white grub i just varied the size of the head depending on the wind you know if it was pretty damn windy i'd use the three quarter ounce head and if it if it was push and I'd use a quarter ounce head. But yeah, so that I I, I fish the river the same way with a, a jig versus a ned. It, and I think if there's anything for you to learn out of it would be uh, slowing yourself down significantly in the current and creating a swing. Um, and then Yeah. It's like, I don't pick up a lot of line, you know, when that thing's out there, like I'll, I'll pick, I'll pick up line to like, to like, to like, so if I'm casting 45 degrees up, the reason why I'm casting at 45 degrees up is to extend the swing. So when that thing comes up, it gives that bait time to sink with the current. Mm. Cause if you cast straight out of the side of the boat, the current grabs it right away. It's going to grab your line. So if you angle up at 45 degrees, It gives your bait more time to get to the bottom. And once you feel bottom the first time, then you pick up your line, you pick up slack. And as you consistently start feeling the bottom, you pick up line, pick up line a little bit, pick up line a little bit. But you can do this just by raising your rod tip. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the point where you're uncomfortable, you pick up some line. yep, And keep dancing, dancing, dancing. And then when it swings out to the back of the boat, you can't feel the bottom anymore because you're swinging too high. Reel up and recast.
1: And then so like I I well I can speak for it because I poured them for it. You. you use quarter ounce head most of the time, and then for plastics, I know you've told me a lot, and I think you might have mentioned on here. You just use the TRDs, right? Yeah, like pretty much exclusively the Z Man, any color.
0: Yep, just uh, and and I've just simplified the color choice, and I just use uh, New Money because I like the yep. name of it. <laughs> um, but that's it. Like it, it, it. I I think if you're gonna pick only one color of Ned, I would just find, pick something dark, you know, yeah. something dark so it works in all watercolors, you know, um, and just find, find one that you like, that you think looks good, that you, yeah. like, that you like looking at. So so for me, just to kind of touch on my whole
1: setup for the Ned, it's pretty similar. Um, I, you know, lately I have changed. I was using a little bit of a stiffer rod, when I first started and now that I've switched over to like my drop shot rod with it it's like I'm definitely I'm I'm catching more fish because I'm noticing the bite a lot better um and then as for how I'm usually fishing it on Erie 516 sounds head I go with as heavy as I can with the neds, which currently at the moment that's how heavy I can make them um in the river 90% of the time it, it's going to be a quarter ounce head. If it's super windy, I will go up to a 516th, or if we're really cranking down river. Um and plastic-wise on it. I used to use the Z-Mans a lot. I'm going to start getting back into that again this year. But I love the X zone, um, Ned zone. It's got all right. So uh we had a little technical error there, but I'm gonna just kinda go over the net. I'm not exactly sure where it cut off, but um quarter rounds net head two out hook sometimes a one out depends uh just what I pour honestly. the bait X zone ned zone in the three o nine color it's like green pumpkin gold flake with a sapphire belly, so it looks a lot like a goby and how they are on the bottom mm-hmm. um and I'm straight dragging it more times than not and there are days that I'm sure that they do want it more of the pendulum swing, and I know people who do that and they do very well on it. Uh, it's something that I want to start incorporating, though, just to see. Um, I will go up in weight depending on the weather conditions, uh, but then obviously there gets a point of diminishing returns where you're going to be snagging a, a lot more. So it's you know sometimes not not worth going heavier. Um, <laughs> I I rarely ever go lighter, but I do know people who like throwing. Down to a one eighth ounce net in the river, and they extremely lawn line it like they'll cast it out there and let out a ton of line. Yeah, and they love doing it that way, and they don't snag almost ever, which is amazing as well. You know, you're saving time and money um, doing that. But I should try that, man. It's
0: interesting. Yeah,
1: it's it's and that's like, you know, it, it's super. It'd be tough neat. to
0: teach, but I'd have to yeah. figure it out.
1: It's super <laughs> neat because like you're able to apply like the subtle nuances to, to that specific technique. Cause you know, like you said earlier, we fish it way different than they do everywhere else. Yeah. But if you took the weight of what they do everywhere else and try to apply it to the river, um, might be a, a huge success. I'd have to, I'd have to mess around with it. I've done it before with like, you know, the super light Z man's when I first started, because I didn't know like that they came heavier and I would catch them but it's, like, something I've completely gotten away from doing. Yeah. So, who, who knows? Um, it might just... They're going to bite it. Like like you like we talk about, they're going to bite just about anything. And the color doesn't always matter too much. But I like the... Like you said, I like the way that this color looks. So, if I have the confidence in it, I'm going to probably catch more fish doing it. But
0: I'm glad uh, I'm converting you a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, as we keep... Doing more and more episodes, we're just going to keep comparing and contrasting what we're seeing out there, and a moral or some lessons will yeah. we'll keep popping up through all of it. So for sure, we're going to take uh, a break next week. I'm I'm hosting an event, and I'm, I'm going to be committed uh, to to something next Sunday. But uh, we'll talk about that when after all that's done. So we're taking a week off, but we'll be back at it after that, maybe with the guest. A lot more to talk about and a lot more updates. All right,
1: for sure. Have a good one, guys. Tight
0: lines. See
1: you.